Hello. Welcome to Mind and Movement, the podcast, where we discuss mindful movement through dance and through life. Today, I have a conversation with my friend Miko Hornella. He used to direct CG, and we met doing Project FX, and I just spent a lot of time talking about his journey and my journey because understanding his journey helps me accept my own. And so we talk a little bit about his dance journey, the importance of silence, discipline, and gets real deep to talking about fate and free will. As always, thank you so much for listening. Hi, I am Miko. My real name is Dominic, and and it's great whenever people find that out. But I go by Miko, and lots of different stories as to why that is. But anyways, it's neither here nor there. I, I am a dancer, and I also work as a school nurse, and love basketball, and I love history. I'm a history nerd, so that's who I am in a nutshell. That's, that's it. That's all I need to know. I think we're done with this podcast. I think... I think we're good. <laughs> Since you said you're a history nerd, let's just dive into your personal history a little bit more. Just elaborate on nursing, basketball, dancing. Uh, let's see. Oh, man. That's kind of... There's so many thoughts that go in my head all the time. So, like, it's probably not going to be that coherent. But let's see. My personal history. I was born in New Jersey, and I lived there for six months. What? Yeah. And my mom and dad, we moved to California in like either West Covina or L.A. For my, my dad got transferred. And so I've just lived in Southern California my entire life. And I don't know anything else. I'm in a bubble of, of great weather. So I'm, pre- I'm pretty spoiled when it comes to that. And I've lived kind of all over Southern California. I've lived in L.A. and then Rancho Santa Margarita in Orange County over to Lake Elsinore, around the mountains. For anyone that doesn't know where that is, that's in between Murrieta and Corona, or like the outlets if you ever drive down the 15. And then I've lived in San Diego, went to San Diego State for two years, and then lived in Upland with my family, and I moved to Orange. I live there right now. But yeah, that's that's where I'm from. And your background as a dancer. Ooh, the first time I ever wanted to dance, I watched Stomp the Yard in high school. And it was just the coolest thing I'd ever seen in my life. Just the dance battles and and just Chris Brown. I was obsessed with Chris Brown. Like, yo, excuse me, miss. Give me that. What was that song? Run It. Oh, my God. Those music videos, like, I would try to do it in my room. And then I just, you know, I would never show anyone because I'd never danced before. What year was that? Ah, like, when did it come out? 2006 2007 around that time and then yeah like eighth late eighth grade early early high school and then stomp the yard came out and i just couldn't stop watching it and then there was this kid that was on the basket i was on the basketball team and there was this kid that incoming freshman and he like literally the entire school we were out in like the yard or i don't really know what the grass area it's just wide open really big and they just brought speakers and then they just started doing that circle like in Stomp the Yard. And it was the most epic thing I've ever seen. I'm like, oh my God, I really, I really want to do that. Like, I want to do that. 
I'm being so real too. I'm not. I'm not kidding. No, yeah. Um, I, I can hear it. <laughs> and and then I kind of, I think the the dance team, like a lot of the the veterans, kind of they quit because they didn't like what was going on, and so that left like a lot of room for boys to join the team. And so everyone was like, "Hey, like we need we need boys. We need we need boys." And even if you didn't dance, they were like, "We'll take you. We'll train you." And I was like, "All right." I was on the fence because I had I was on basketball and. But I was kind of going through like a, like a Troy Bolton High School Musical <laughs> dilemma, where I was like, I loved basketball, I played it my entire life, but then I was kind of just going through the motions at that point, and, and it was just it was becoming a chore and wasn't fun, and I was like low key depressed when I think about it. And then dance kind of came along, and they're just a good group of people like on the dance team, and I, I was like, I kind of want to be a part of that. And with their encouragement, I joined, mm-hmm. and then I, you know. Starting that year, I started doing those stomp the yard dance battles, like with big circles and 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 teacher aides thinking that a fight's happening. But then when they come, it's just a dance battle, <laughs> and then they and then they're cool. So I was on the high school team, and so like we had a lot of veterans that left, and we kind of wanted to do our own style. But then they kind of made us, you know, they made us do contemporary and and, and ballet and, and and all this stuff and. At the time, like, I just hated it yeah. because I just saw the cool stuff that my older friends were doing. I was like, I want to do that, but I didn't have the skills, so they just kind of... Our teacher was really all about making one a, a diverse dancer, and she was like, people on So You Think You Can Dance can do every style. And I was like, I don't want to be on So You Think You Can Dance. I just want to, like, do a cool set yeah. for, like, for, like, three minutes. But she really forced us to do that. And then, so the first competition thing I did was, like, in that realm, and because we're all beginners, it was just barely any movement. It wasn't good at all. But like, it was an experience that kind of shaped me and showed me how important it was to like learn different styles. And the lead guide, his name's Jr. He, um, everyone was so impressed because he was like a break dancer, like doing windmills and could pop and and lock and and drop and do all that stuff. <laughs> and then he could do contemporary, and it was like cool. I was like, oh my god, like that's that wasn't normal at the time. So. Seeing that, I was like, all right, I guess this is a good idea. But then I had a talk with my with my teacher. I was like, we also want to do this. We want to do, like, hip-hop. And because we didn't have a choreographer, like, me and my friend Patrick, we just watched, like, a bunch of videos. Like, we would watch Jabberwockies. And then I found this cr- this group, So Real Crew. It was, like, the best treasure find. Yeah. Like, as a kid, I was just like, oh, my God, who are these Filipino guys that are killing it? Because Jabberwockies are, like, I think – Filipino Asian, but like you can't see them. They just right. they have the mask on. But then you, when you see like Surreal Crew and like they're kind of like dudes that look like me, I was like, oh my god, this is so cool. Like, and those moves are so cool and kind of unique. So I was like, me and my buddy Patrick, we just try to learn their pieces and then incorporate it in their style. So it was very heavy on that, and just fell in love with, with dance and the community. And 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 I think we saw them in Body Rock in two thousand nine. So that's where we kind of got introduced to like Choreo Cookies, Common Ground, Kaba. We saw Kaba in, in ABDC, but then we saw like their entire team and I think 220, I saw them for the first time, Box Cutters. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my, there's like, at first, at first we were so into So Real Crew that we didn't like care about anyone else. And we we're like, what is this? Like, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't that great. And then the more I watched it, like I would watch it over and over and over again, like, I was like, well, why is Cookies like in first? Why is Company like in se- in in second? And the more I watched it, I was like, oh, I I, I kind of get it. And it was just like super, this like cool, super secret world 
that only me and a couple friends knew about in our school and it just gave us this like confidence Mm -hmm. like that we didn't really have Mm -hmm. so it was just kind of cool to like like we know this world we have all this music we had these playlists like every summer that we would come back fall like there's all this new music that all these other kids don't know it was really it was really cool and then I think ever since then, I was, I've always kind of wanted to be a part of like that world. Because being in Elsinore, you're just kind of there alone. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, just always wanting to be a part of it. And so I went to, eventually went to Common Ground and then danced on there for, for a couple of years. Went to nursing school. Oh no, Common Ground. Had to leave because of nursing school. And then decided to go back to Common Ground and dance for there for like three, two and a half, three more years. And then now like with covid i'm kind of just a free agent just roaming and just learning and just trying to learn from the people i've looked up to so that's where i'm at right now okay you mentioned that being on the basketball team was low-key making you depressed yes why yes just why (laughs) (laughs) well because i think since the age of two i wanted to play in the nba and so like (laughs) i didn't do anything else in my life i just like breathed basketball and had basketball encyclopedia books and just practice, practice, practiced. And I think it got to a point I was, I'm what, five, eight, five, nine on a good day. And let's see. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I think I was a freshman and I like would read stories about how Michael Jordan grew from like five eleven to six foot four by his sophomore year. So I was just like hoping and praying like legit, just praying every day. Like God, please make me six, four or like at least six foot. So I could like have a shot in the NBA. And then it kind of didn't happen sophomore year. And then it kind of led to this existential crisis of like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with my life? And more than, more than anything, rather than like, what am I going to do with my life? It was like, I just kind of felt this like lack of connection and I couldn't articulate it at the time, but I think it was really just this loneliness because I was so hyper-focused on basketball and I was also kind of sheltered. So like that kind of hyper-focus was possible and yeah, dance was just something like, oh, there's a lot of cool people and, and, and a lot of kind-hearted people that like I really wanted to just be a part of it part of that friend group and, and, and this energy and uh, I'm super glad I did it because I have like some of my closest friends like to this day are, are those same people and I still love basketball but you know it became a chore and something that I would do every day and <laughs> it became it became not fun and I think just the, the, the loneliness the grind and I think my dad he loved me and I bo- he and I bonded with basketball but he, you know, when he got to high school, it was he was a helicopter dad, like uh, with, when it came to sports, and you know the parent that right after a game that you just like finished and you're already thinking about the things you should have done. He's like, you should have done this. Why don't you just be more aggressive? And it's like that, like at, you know, it's like not stuff you want to hear after a loss or even after a good game. Like it was so constant. I think I think dance was also a way to kind of rebel. Now that I think of it, <laughs> rebel from like. And, get, and having that independence and, and, and dance kind of felt like, oh, this is like another thing that I really just want to do for myself and not really for anything else. But doesn't dance get lonely too? Oh, definitely. <laughs> oh, man, of course. I think when doing drills like at home or, or um, especially now with COVID, there's like kind of so few people that kind of understand what that life is like. Mm-hmm. But I think with COVID, the one 
benefit of that is like everyone's kind of reaching out online to kind of talk about it. And so that's kind of that kind of connection that I haven't really had or or sometimes I don't have because I'm like so hyper focused. I'm kind of more aware of that now. So like I know like, all right, I'm getting too like caught up in my own head. Like, all right, let's reach out to people. Let's let's see how other people are doing. Let's like think of something besides dance. But yeah, I think just because basketball, it was such a like it was such a regimented like you can't do anything else besides this and I think just the parent hovering and then that kind of made it something that I just I didn't want to deal with but dance for whatever reason I think I think the cool thing about dance too is that it can be super therapeutic for all the grinding and all the like stuff that comes with the act of doing it and the act of just dancing is is very healing like for the soul in a way that basketball can't quite reach uh, I think just because you're shooting a hoop and you're just seeing the ball go in. That feels great, but it's not like healing to your soul. <laughs> like it feels great to like swish, but I think when dancing, like say freestyling, in a weird way, it kind of it kind of feels like you're processing all your emotions at the same time. Mm-hmm. And it kind of feels, it, there's like some resolution to, oh, this is why I feel this way about something that happened five years ago. <laughs> or, <laughs> or, oh, I'm like really stressed about my job. So let me dance it out. I think basketball kind of numbs the pain and numbs the like the emotions, but dance kind of lets it flow and, and kind of heals it. And plus, it's just plus it's just cool when like when you do cool stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> cool. it's pretty cool. Anyway, it is pretty cool. When you get lonely, okay. especially when it comes to dance, right? I feel like it takes a certain amount of discipline to want to reach out to people mm. and to recognize this. Mm. How'd that happen? <laughs> How did that happen? Yep. Um, I'm not entirely sure. I think, I think sometimes you're just you're just kind of <laughs> like I don't, you know like you know when you're hungry, like you haven't had lunch mm. or you haven't had dinner, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, I think I kind of want to like, want to like should I get in and out? Like you start thinking about the food, <laughs> the food you you want. You don't really think too much. Like, oh, my hunger level is at twenty. I need to bring it, bring it down. Or like, that's a terrible number, but yeah, you just, it'll just come a point where I'm like, I'll see people on Instagram or like, I'll be, I'll, I'll be driving to work and I'll be like, oh my God, I haven't, I haven't talked to, talked to Kevin in a long time and I'll just call him <laughs> and then he'll either pick up or he won't. And then if he doesn't, I'll just call someone else and I'll go through like some rounds and <laughs> some, some lucky coincidence, someone will pick up or like, I'll just kind of reach out on ig and i'll just comment on someone it kind of it either leads to great places or leads nowhere so are you trying to compare loneliness to hunger Ooh, honestly yeah a little bit a little bit because when you're hungry you're lacking nutrients and you're lacking food and when you're lonely you're like lacking connection and you're lacking perspective and and i think just the joys and laughs that come along with talking to people that you can't quite get alone you know so yes Loneliness is hunger. Did you know that functional loneliness is actually supposed to help you reach out to people? And then like in people with depression, that's like broken. Mm. So when you're feeling lonely, you actually have a higher sense of social cognition and social mirroring, Mm. imitation. So anyways, when you're feeling lonely, you should just reach out to people is what I'm saying. (laughs) That's, That's actually... Like when I'm thinking back, I think more often than not, I think I get that 
functional loneliness and then there are like the periods where it's like just ugh, just yeah. i need to like not do anything that's that's cool i think this is the first time i ever heard that okay so going back to not just discipline with loneliness but also discipline with training because i feel like training as a dancer is hard or like wanting to do drills and grooves by yourself is a hard thing to do or hard thing to want to do mm. But now that you're talking about basketball, do you think some of that discipline comes from basketball? Absolutely. I think discipline, it, it's so funny because like with our conversations before you've told me that like, oh, you're so disciplined. I'm like, I feel like I'm just so not disciplined and I feel like my mind just goes all over the place. And maybe because I'm aware of that, I'm like, I really force myself to do stuff or, um, but I think also one thing that I, like there's a feeling that I'm addicted to. I I hate absolutely hate the feeling of like sucking at something. And so that kind of prevents me from trying a lot of things. But one thing I do love is when you're working on something, let's say for like two or three hours, like let's say basketball, I'm working on my jump shot or a free throw or like a layup or a move. Something that was really addicting was that there's like a feeling in between when you get good at it and when you're not good at it, where it starts to transition into like, oh, I'm kind of, I'm starting to get it. Like where it transitions from like, I can't do this to like, wait, I think if I just try it a little bit harder, it can, I can get it. And I think it's a boost of confidence and it's a boost in like, I don't know, ser like the brain chemicals, like dopamine or serotonin, all that stuff, all that good stuff coming in. So I like I I strive for that moment, like that moment. Like say what so if I'm doing drills, like doing grooves, like doing footwork or like a, doing some choreography, like learning a piece that I don't know. Like sometimes it'll be super hard for me to just start because I just hate the feeling of sucking. But then once I'm already in it and I'm and I'm working at it, I love that feeling of oh I'm starting to get it. And then when it becomes when it kind of molds into like I got this, like that's a great feeling. Do you ever start something and feel like I got this? Does that happen often? Like right away? Yeah. Right away? No. Never. Almost never. Yeah. I mean, I think now that I'm I'm starting to understand fundamentals a lot more or like just grooves in general, things are coming a little quicker. I've started to notice that like if I learn a new move or like if I'm learning choreo, like my pickup is a lot faster than it was before. But I'll still kind of have that, like, it's never, like, right away or automatic. Um, it still kind of takes me, like, some rough rough drafts or, like, awkward tries until, it, like, I can kind of get it. I think my confidence is, is, is rising a little bit when it comes to learning new stuff because I want to say, like, last year, like, you throw me in a new situation and I had to, like, learn it right away. Like, I'm just, like, a deer in the headlights and I'm just freaking out and anxious, but... I was always confident in like, oh, if you give me like five days, like I, I, I got you. But now I'm like, if I'm throwing something new, it's like, all right, sink or swim. Like you might as well try to swim. And I'm, I think I'm starting to like train that muscle a lot more, which has been great. Yeah. And then on the opposite spectrum, does the feeling of, oh, I got this always come after feeling frustrated? Oh, that's a great question because it's like the answer is sometimes. And that's the most annoying thing. <laughs> it's super annoying because like if I'm like super frustrated and I can't get something, 
sometimes just like trying harder will might get it to work. And so when it doesn't work, it can feel frustrating because it's like this thing isn't wor- the trying harder isn't working. The like the more reps isn't working and and <laughs> that can lead to like a downward spiral on like your own self image and who you, what you think you're capable of. But then once I whenever I kind of just take a step back and, you know, take get some water, relax for a second, sleep on it, as they say, as the saying goes, or just don't think about it for like a day. And then, like, magically, it's, like, it, it usually is a lot better, like, when I come back to it um, after that struggle. I'm trying to think. Usually, usually, I don't think there's, unless I'm, like, really just don't want to do it and I just don't want to touch it, then it'll stay, like, not good. Like, let's say if I'm running a piece or a drill or, like, some kind of dance move, like, if I just am, like, I don't want to do this. Like, it feels bad. <laughs> I don't, so I don't even want to try that's when it's like it, you're never successful when, when you just kind of tell yourself that. But yeah, still trying, still trying. When you're taking a break or like when you let things, I guess, go in the moment because you're so frustrated, right? Would you say that you're having a faith or trust in the unknown? Kind of. I think faith in the unknown kind of comes more for like, um, I want to say like long-term stuff, but like when it's like a short term, like, Oh, I'm learning a move. I think it's I think it's coming from knowing that in the past when I was a kid and I had like all day to just practice dribbling between my legs, like I would just do that. Like if I just spent X amount of time, it would be like, oh, like it's going to get better. And it cuz it always just did. And so what I came to realize kind of early on, I think I started I started learning this from high school. And I think also my dad, like seeing my dad, he would always talk about how he knew nothing about computers and his current job today, he's like, he's a programmer. He's an amazing, like, does an amazing job with that. And I literally saw him in like college pick up photography. He like had no idea how to do anything with the camera. And then he just kept at it. And then he started doing gigs for weddings and and graduations and stuff. So I think just seeing my dad kind of do that growing up, it just showed me like, oh, if you just do something long enough, you're just going to figure out different ways to try to do it. And you'll know how not to do it. Like your muscles just, it's just a lot lot easier to do what you're trying to do after like so many attempts and um, a lot of tries. So I think that's where, that's where the known part is. And I think the trusting in the unknown, I think is, I guess it is in the moment where like right now, I know I can't do this, so I have to just trust that like that this universal mechanism will just work because it always usually does. So that's where the trust in the unknown comes from. But yeah. I know I didn't ask this earlier, but now I'm just curious. All right. Where are you at currently? Like you're you're a nurse, you're a dancer. Mm-hmm. You plan on doing both? You plan on quitting one of them? Currently, my nursing is paying for my rent and dance. I want to dance. It would be great to like do it full time and, and to make a living out of it and to like work with a lot of great people that I look up to. Nursing kind of came about because it was kind of almost pushed on me. Like as as a as a college kid, I think as a Filipino, it's kind of common to hear like parents pushing them their kids to be a nurse. You know, because like that's the idea of security like in Filipino culture and I think growing up for them 
you either had to be like a lawyer, a doctor, or like work in the medical field or an engineer. And those were like your routes of success and stability. And they kind of, you know, had that mindset. So I think that's how I kind of came into it. But just knowing that like, I think after a while, just not being able to quit dance and being honest with like how much I loved it and how much I really wanted to sacrifice for it. It was like, all right, I need to make this transition. I need to like at least just step in the door and try to discover what I can do. So right now, like, I think I'm in the process of like just kind of learning about the dance world even more because I'd say before last year, my idea was just like, you know, Keone and Mari, Chris Martin, or like just a lot of international choreographers that you see on like urban dance camp, the ones that teach at like local studios. And now I'm discovering different worlds. And I think with COVID, like it's shown everyone in dance, like how, how much bigger the dance world is. Like, it's just much bigger than just a competition for a season. Um, or like it's, it's much bigger than, than just like teaching workshops. You know, there's a lot of other stuff you can do. And I'm kind of in the process of like discovering what other people really like and what other people are really into and, and learning other people's skills and, and seeing how they see dance. I'm super comfortable in like, in how I kind of came into my own, but by doing that, you kind of, it's easy to close yourself off to like a lot of different ideas and different perspectives. So like now I'm just in the, at the point of like, all right, let's just discover as much as I can and then let's move forward from there. But I would love to just be able to dance and support myself with it so I can just dance some more and really, really hone my craft and become like a Yoda one day. That would be, that would be great. That'd be awesome. I have two questions, but I'm going to ask one first, one at, one at a time. Um, we've talked about this, but what made you realize you can't quit dance? Uh, this story. How should I tell this story? <laughs> it's such a like dramatic story. Kind of, but it's not, it's not really dramatic, but it's, I guess, kind of in my, it's dramatic to me, I guess. Yes. So I'm a huge, a huge, huge, huge lover of the book, The Alchemist by Paolo Coelho. I'm not sure if I pronounced it correctly. I apologize if I did it. Um, but yeah, I read that book so many times. And one thing it talks about is um, fulfilling one's personal legend, whether that's going to a pilgrimage to go see, uh, like where they where they've always wanted to go, or becoming a master at your trade, or going to the pyramids for this for the character in that book, and everyone has a different one. And I think with nursing, I was about to go to Loma Linda University. I got accepted into an RN program there, and it was great. My parents were happy. Everyone around me was super super happy, and they were like, "Congratulations! This is great! Oh my god! I'm so happy for you!" And I was like, "Great, yeah, this is cool." Like. <laughs> But, you know, not really feeling that way and not really ever really wanting to talk about it. I think that was the reason I had to leave CG for the second time. And the financial situation was a lot tougher than I'd thought. And I miscommunicated with my dad, which would naturally happen because I didn't really communicate with him at the time. So I, I wasn't, we weren't able to, to do it. And then in the process of asking around for other people that were able to figure it out, like I was asking one of my one of my friends who went to Loma Linda and was graduating. I was like, how did you like what kind of loans did you do? What kind of like scholarships do you apply for? And as she was saying that, as she was like giving me the answers, time just kind of stopped. <laughs> and it was like one of those movies where like 
someone's talking and you're just going, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you're just kind of like mum, or you just don't hear yeah. it, and you just hear like this, yeah. like that sound. And then my heart was just pounding like super hard, and I was like, oh my god, what the, what the hell's going on? And um, I could, I could that little voice that I think everyone hears, that little conscience that's usually quiet, was like, Miko, what are you doing? Like you can't, you can't, you can't do this. Like this is the last time you'll be able to try because if you graduate, you'll be 27. For me, like that felt like there's no way I could I could try to come back and, and, and I think pursue something in dance at that age. I think I was 24 at this age. And so it was like, this is the last of your like prime young years to be able to like launch and try. And it was just like, shoot, that's correct. <laughs> I, I, You're 27 I, I'm 27 now. Not as much, nearly as much. No, now that I've kind of learned a lot more. But at the time, that was like, you know, I think that was before like all this knowledge when it came to athleticism and and diet and properly taking care of your body. So like, you know, you just, all my friends that were dancing stopped like around that age or three years after. But yeah, like I just had that strong feeling and it just made sense to me. and, And I think what also helped was like support from my extended family because like, I had visited them and I talked about it every now and then like I would just hear you know they would be like oh congrats about nursing da, da, da. and I'm like yeah yeah I'm excited da, da, da. and then I'll talk about dance and then like I've heard multiple times like oh you should you sound way more excited about dance you should you should try to do that and I was like no like I can't, I can't I can't I can't do that and then all this stuff like through the years like ever since college and you know, I had my spiel when it came to like, oh, I want to be a nurse because it's like this and because it's a crossroads of humanity and science. And <laughs> like, I, it, was a, it was a script when I talked about dance or like just where it was going. Like, I just couldn't stop. Um, I would just constantly hear that. And it was like in that moment, like back to like that in that phone call or like when I was trying, I was starting to realize like, oh, I can't stop. It was like all that kind of flashed before my eyes. It was just like, shoot i'm not to tell my my parents <laughs> and 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 uh and i asked my uncle for advice and he was like nico like you're the only one that really knows what you want to do and i think i made the calculus too like oh if like if this didn't work out i wouldn't be bummed about uh having tried if i didn't do anything like i could imagine some myself like kind of solid and stable like when i'm 45 and i'll i'll be thinking like i really love that thing and I could have, I, I could have been really good and I would have been looking at other people who like succeeded and I'll be like, God, I wish I could just do that. Mm-hmm. But instead I chose this. And with my current path right now, it's like, I have a long way to go and, uh, I have so, so much to learn, but I don't re- regret that at all. And I'm, and I'm like so much happier. And, and I think my parents can see that. And like, so me and my relationship with my parents is like so good because it like led to a lot of more open communication that didn't exist before that. Cause I was always trying to like hide behind that script and wanting to please them. But yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of how I decided that. Have you read or listened to the podcast, how I built this by Guy Raz? I have not, but I just, I was looking at different podcast channels and I think I saw that. On, okay. on. He wrote a book basically summarizing all the podcasts that he's ever done. And uh, it's talking about entrepreneurs or like people who took risks, right? Mm -hmm. I don't even know if this came from him because I've heard it elsewhere. But he says there's a difference between something that feels scary and then something that is dangerous. Mm -hmm. So what is 
what feels scary might not be dangerous and what is dangerous might not feel scary. And it's usually like it feels not scary because it's familiar to you because you've done it like over and over again. And the thing that you were talking about, how about like waking, thinking about waking up at 45 and like looking back and like regretting is like a tactic that people use to like make sure that they're like on the right path or whatever that they want to be on. And then he was saying that like real entrepreneurs know that it is scary to take a risk in the moment, but what's really dangerous is waking up at the age of 65 and feeling like they wasted their whole lives. Okay, second question. You said that currently, especially because of the pandemic, you've learned that dance is more than just choreography or doing a or a comp set. So what is it? I think, shoot, I feel so unqualified because I'm still learning myself. That's okay. But what's your current? Um, I think I've I've gotten to know, see a lot of different people in their industry work, and and how vast industry work is between like oh, I'm dancing for an artist or I'm doing a bunch of projects or I'm dancing for a company or like merch, private private tutoring, uh, private lessons and commercial commercial work like where it's like very limited dancing but you kind of need dance skills to like perform what you're doing in those commercials. Like it was it was just kind of a new a new way of like just a, like there's so much more than than yeah, just making a piece like and and then showcasing it which was like my diet <laughs> for like <laughs> 5 years. Oh yeah, with with Keone Mari like working on 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 Broadway, off Broadway or like working with Disney like and I just even recently started like I have a friend who she worked as an uh as an animator and in in a lot of work with like with computers and, and animation. But seeing her kind of use movement to portray like how abstract that something can look is like something in the art world that's like really really cool that I I reached out to and um so I'm like exploring that or um or people making like like straight up dance films there's so much that like and I feel like it's just the tip of the iceberg and that's why I feel so unqualified to answer this question because I'm like (laughs) yeah like there's so many better answers from other people but yeah (laughs) oh my gosh I'm the only one. You ask me. You have, you have a you have a bunch of killers in your lineup, and then you. Right. But yeah, that's my little slice of the pie. Yes. I think everyone has has their own slice and their definition that makes the entire pie really great. Right. And that's my slice for now. Hopefully, it's a bigger, more uh, accurate and nourishing slice in the future. That's that's one of my goals. You asked me where I was going. I want I want a healthy nourishing slice of pie to give to the da- to dance where, where are you where are you at with dance right now because i know you're doing your thing your own thing but it's going to be a different day than right now so it'll be a different answer let's hear it. yes i've been feeling really lonely with dancing um sometimes it feels like which is untrue but i've just been in my head a lot sometimes it feels like i'm the only person that cares about the humanity behind the dancing or that I care about the different aspects of humanity within dancing. Something that I observe within every industry really is that people are really polarizing. They really want to take extreme sides 
and but when you try and like put all those sides together it doesn't really make sense to be like really extreme and then uh one of my friends also told me like oh like i don't i don't find dance as a safe space anymore so like i don't want to dance as much as i used to and i'm like oh i feel weird that i still find that dance as a safe space Mm. or like i have a usually that's how people describe it yeah like dance is a safe haven yeah and now it's not right like especially you know with all the black lives matter and like the exploitation of like black culture you really realize that you know and me too like it's not safe Mm -hmm. and like people don't know how to handle that like having i guess like their worldview of dance shifted um so like people are either leaving or they feel like me where they like they're like really guilty about staying uh so it's it's been like kind of discouraging but then i took class and i was like oh like i really like dancing class is awesome (laughs) yeah i really like dancing so that's kind of where i'm at i really wish there was more people to talk about this stuff with i just don't know how to get there Mm -hmm. so anyways just tying everything back into everything so i think I'm usually really fearful fearful of the unknown, right? And I think something that is also representative of unknown is silence. Because I lose my mind <laughs> when it's silent, right? Because I'm like, especially in a conversation, I'm like, damn, what is the other person thinking? But you show me that like silence, silence is okay. And it's important to have. Why? I started learning about it with like Zen Buddhism studies because of Phil Jackson, coach of the Lakers. He would teach his players, you know, how to meditate. And um, and I think like in basketball, like it's such a fast paced game and it's so easy to get caught up in thoughts that aren't important in the moment. Like, oh, I missed that shot like three times ago or I hope I don't miss a shot like 30 seconds from now when you should be thinking about I have the ball in my hands. I need to give it to someone, you know, and that all happens. And I think, I think that that's very common in dance too. Like if you're taking class, like what was the first A count? What's going, we're on the third A count. What is, oh my God, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to suck in groups. Holy crap. The choreographer's going to look at me and she's going to point me out. Oh, you suck. Like out of everyone. Just, just a bunch of million thoughts that like, aren't really important like in reality but they're they're important because they affect you but the importance of silence and like meditating is like because my mind is super just all over the place like being able to just sit and I think focus on my breath kind of helps not really silence my brain but it gives my brain space and all the thoughts space to like fully form and to like settle itself down and so I become more present and I become more aware of what's going on around me. And so like if I haven't meditated or like if when I was growing up, like that was such a common fear. Let's say if I'm talking or there's, there is silence, what I would be thinking is, oh, my God, they hate they hate this experience, don't they? They don't want to be here. They're like they're bored. They need entertainment. And so I would try to entertain them. But then now sitting back, it's like if if I'm really present, I'll just be kind of like, let's say I'm in a car and I'll be like looking around like, oh, my God, there's a beach it's really nice or like it'll just give my brain 
like a chance to like settle down because if we just finished a great conversation, you know, it, it makes sense to just let it sit so that your brain can process. And, and I think it comes with the understanding too of like, I, I forgot where I heard this, but um, it's, it goes along like the same kind of sentiment of like a lot of magic happens in the silence and whether you're like religious or spiritual or just uh, like scientifically, I think in that space, like if you're trying to do everything, like we're imperfect people. So like, we're going to mess it up. And so if you like step back and let things kind of process, um, then it'll kind of work its way out. I think, Ooh, one, ooh, I'm going to share this. This is going to be a great, great tidbit for all you listeners here. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, he, he talks about like how, as a president, you want Congress or the Senate to just do the act or like to just make a decision right away or, or come to a realization super, super fast. But if you push too much and he gave this analogy of like a pear fruit and I'd never really seen a pear fruit like in the, in the natural. (laughs) So, but he talks about how if you, if you pull the pear fruit out it'll it won't be ripe and you'll spoil it but if you just have your hand under it and then it'll drop in your hand it's perfect because it it drops when it's ripe and so a lot of the things that have uh worked out for me or like allowed me to kind of settle down is like that thought like let's say ooh for like if let's say, let's say I'm in class and I have the presence of mind to understand, oh, I've been like reviewing these moves over and over and over and over again. And so there's like a three minute window in between how much I've worked on those moves and like when the choreographer is going to call out people for groups. And oftentimes like reviewing it helps because it's like, what am I missing? But then there are some times where like it's be- it's better for me to just sit and like not work on it and just kind of take a breath and then it gives you that rest and it allows it allows you to calm down because if like let's say when it's not working for you and you keep going over that same move it keeps the gears of stress going and you'll be thinking about I don't want to mess up in front of the choreographer I don't want to mess up in front of these people oh my god that person got select I don't want to be next to them and mess up when it's like when you're calm you can kind of just listen to the music and then you can just do the moves that's where like silence kind of helps and and it works out with a lot of different things too one thing you said which i thought was really interesting silence is like space Mm. right yes cool what do you think is the balance of you trying really hard and like giving faith over to the unknown or silence or space or like you know not trying or Mm. trying you know, by yourself? I guess this is the fate or free will question. The answer to that question is, is you have to uh, stress out. Like, <laughs> like, like imagine how much, how much can I stress out about this? And then just go to the max. <laughs> Do the max of that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I think I'm still trying to like find that. And ooh, I was listening I was listening to a podcast the other day and I forget who it was, but the person that was speaking, she was saying like balance isn't like a, uh, what's it called? A fixed thing. 
you know, like, I think a lot of us have this concept, like, I just need to be balanced. And then that's it. I'm good. I can just not do anything. I'll be balanced. But she likened it to like someone on a tightrope, where if you see them walking, they're never just like steady. They're kind of like wobbling a little bit to the left, a little bit to the right, you know, but they're adjusting and they're constantly recalibrating. And, um, and I think that's such a great way to put it. And that wasn't like, you know, I think that's, we, we always need these reminders of like maintaining that balance. And, and I think that's looking at yourself honestly and thinking, okay, like, am I working as hard as I want to? Or asking yourself, am I working, am I working too hard? And then you kind of look at, look at the factors and see like, okay, am I able to walk? No, you're probably working too hard. <laughs> or am I starting to be really, really mean to my family or to my, to everyone around me? Yes. Okay. I might need to need a rest or like if let's say I'm like, Oh, I could just go into the garage and work on a thing right now. Ah, but I, I kind of want to just like, you know, sit. I kind of just want to like play video games. And then you look at, have I done anything in the past three days? No. Okay. Maybe it's a good time to go in the garage and not play video games. Cause I've been playing video games for the past three days. And I think it's just constant, like what helps me is constantly asking that question. And I mean, for me, like I, like I would love, love, love to just be a workhorse and just constantly go. And I think when I was younger, like I could do that way more, way easier. Like if I was 19, I'm like, oh my God, I want to learn six pieces. Boom. Give me three, give me four days. Give me three, four days. I will master it uh, to the best of my ability. Um, but like, that's not a daunting cat, a daunting task. Cause it's like, let me just go full head of steam. But now when I think about it, it's like, Ooh, I need to like rest and, and give myself time to like repair and recover and be more consistent. But I think it's just constantly asking yourself where you're at and where you want to go. Let's say if the question is, Oh, I, I need to work harder, but I'm kind of breaking down. All right. What else can I do? Can I like eat healthier? Can I sleep better? Can I stretch more and are there other things I can do to help my body recover faster? And, and just constantly asking that. And, but I think since I heard that podcast, uh, hopefully it stays, but like I'll think of balance as less of a fixed thing and more of a thing that just constantly needs like readjusting and, and recalibrating. I like that. But also uh, something I've been thinking about, right? I don't know if they mean the same thing, but in my head it doesn't. Do you think harmony is a better word than balance? Because... Balance to me, it sounds like you're picking you're picking one or the other, but harmony is like you're adding things together, which is like what human beings are. It's like the accumulation of our experiences. Harmony sounds prettier. That's that's a that's a fact. I think I will I will say that. Um, maybe yeah. I guess it just kind of depends on how you're looking at it. If like if you're good in a solid place, I think balance is an okay thing to think about. But if you're like really stressed out, <laughs> harmony like sounds like a more it sounds like a lot more uh, helpful <laughs> than balance because you can be too stressed about balance. And one cool quote that I heard like five years ago was everything in moderation, including moderation. And I was like, wow, that's great. Because sometimes you need to go full out. You know, and sometimes you need to like do nothing, but like it just kind of depends. Like you can't just be completely balanced all the time because then like nothing, you know, like sometimes you need moments of extreme and then moments of like 
not extreme, you know? But that's balance, I guess. So, like, boom, mind fuck. Balance is everything. I don't know. Who knows? Um, yeah. And that's all you need to know about dance. That's, that's it. That's it. Last question before I go into the other questions or the other rapid fire questions, I guess. Fate or free will? How much is your will? How much is fate? Ooh. This is the wrong answer, but because <laughs> anything I say is the wrong answer for this question. Because who knows? Yeah, who, knows? Who, who, really knows? who really knows? I just know that they both play a role. That's just, that's the one thing I can say, like, with 100% certainty that, like, they both play a role. We can't control everything. You know, we are where we are. Our, our feet are where we are. So if I'm in uh, Austria, my feet will not be in Spain. So that's. <laughs> I think the circumstance comes in where like you look at what's around you, you look at what you can do and you look at what you can't do. And then that's where the free will comes in where it's like, all right, here's my environment. Here's what fate is giving me. How do I respond to it? That's the free will that I think about. And I think it's a constant, it's a constant dance. Like it's definitely been said before, but you know, where like fate happens to you and then you respond to it. And then fate is, the reaction to your response so you have to keep responding to it and and sometimes you build momentum and sometimes that momentum can be destroyed like real quick like with covid like it destroyed a lot of people's momentum but i think what a lot of people who exercise a lot of free will were like able to accept the circumstance and be like all right we can't do this we can't you know have comp uh what can we do and then try your best to, to go about doing whatever it is you set out to do it's a constant dance like dance you know and that's all you need to know about dance <laughs> okay ready really quick not quick because people actually talked about this for a long time okay um a favorite quote from someone you look up to or you read in a book or a podcast the first thing that okay the first thing that popped in my head was trevor noah and he's like so bad but it's in his book he says um there's nothing can make you feel more like yourself than when you're taking a shit <laughs> because when you think about it oprah shits beyonce shits and when you're taking a shit it's like here i am this is me i'm taking a shit right now and that is who i am and it was just the funniest but like most profound thing that came to my mind <laughs> so i love that quote what is a moment that you can think about that brings you peace or makes you feel safe? Mm, I think when I'm hanging out with my friends from Elsinore or my house or like my sister. And then most recently in the recent years, like conversations with my parents, which that was the opposite before that. But now... What is something that you had to unlearn this past year? Hmm. It's hard because like we're constantly learning. We're I think I think our society focuses so much on learning that like you never really think about what you have to unlearn. One thing that I have had to unlearn. Oh, okay. Ooh. I think I've always known like mentally that dance isn't everything but i think emotionally learning like moves and dance isn't everything because like you said earlier about 
like you mentioned like a lot about you know the humanity of in dance and the people involved and who's who's in dance or who's affected by it who's unaffected who who's privileged who has the power and who who doesn't who's like silenced and i think dance was always kind of like a bubble in my head of like oh just cool moves and that's it you know get likes and money and and all this stuff and but i think i think something that i've had to unlearn is like dance really really is connected to like the rest of the world and everything going on with it and that's an obvious thought and if you were to ask me like i would agree to it but emotionally like you know dance is just a bubble and so i think this past year is like nope it's not it's interconnected I think emotionally learning that or emotionally unlearning that it's, it's a bubble, mm-hmm. I think is, is the answer to that question. Yes. And to answer your earlier question also about my peaceful places, thinking about San Diego beaches. There we go. I'm just going to throw that in there. Okay. I would ask what's the difference between knowing and emotionally knowing, but we don't have the time for that. So you can answer that later when I'm asking it after this podcast. <laughs> Ooh, I was reading this book. It's by Adam Grant. All, all I've been doing is reading and listening to Adam Grant stuff. And he says, we think a lot about intelligence and how fast we learn things, but intelligence now should be defined as how much we rethink and how much we unlearn. Mm. Period. Anyways, complete the sentence. Dance is... Awesome. I am legend lastly for this podcast i wanted to donate money to a cause that you wanted to raise awareness for um, an activism group that you want all of us to know go ahead the california alliance for arts education because we need more arts education they've been slashed since the recession and that needs to reverse Thank you so much, Miko, for agreeing to being on my podcast and also for your constant support and also for putting up with all of my messages. I really appreciate you because without our conversations and without our friendship, I definitely would have lost my mind in quarantine. And also the piece about balance is definitely going to be something that I'm going to keep with myself for a long time. I feel like I learned what it means to work hard, to trust fate, and to be more comfortable with silence through our conversations. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.